you know, we bonded over our love of reality TV. I think the world needs to hear what we have to say. are still watching this train wreck of a show am i gonna continue watching it absolutely like (laughs) there's no question about it i absolutely want to take part in this train wreck every single week What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Just Peachy, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, Claire, joined as always with my co-host, Caitlin, who is back from across the pond. Woohoo! So happy to be back, you guys. I can't wait to delve into all this with you. I know. You just... Did you did you talk about it on the pod last week where you were going? Or did we even talk about it at all? I don't think we did. Um, I, We didn't really get into it, but we talked about it on the previous pod because I had, like just found out like that yes. day or the day before that I was actually going. So... Yes. Um, I, for those of y'all that don't know or don't remember, I, uh, I went to London and Paris, uh, from Thursday until yesterday, which would have been Tuesday. So, uh, just got back, um, little jet long, not too bad, but, um, anyway, I have a whole, uh, <laughs> bunch of stories for you guys. I know. I can't wait to hear. I have refrained from you talking to me about this because I want my reactions to be like first time hearing them like legitimate so I literally I think I know one minor thing which is probably kind of actually pretty major that happened to you I'll let you get into it <laughs> but the crux of the whole issue yeah but <laughs> but um, all the other yeah, other stuff I, I don't know said that much because I was like I, I want to save it for Claire <laughs> yes yes and I'm excited to hear about it and this is our first episode where we are not talking about The Bachelor since we are done with it, which is what even is life without The Bachelor? I don't know. I'm like, I don't, I'm going to be lost for the next two months. No, I don't it, know what to do. Two months off, which is kind of nice, actually, because it's nice to have a little bit of a break because we're about it's going to be Bachelorette, then Bachelor in Paradise immediately after. So have a two month break where we can talk about anything and everything else besides that, which will actually be kind of nice to talk about other other stuff with you than just the ridiculousness but um before we get into anything this episode i i want you to please i've been dying please 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 recap your trip for me oh boy where where to start so i guess i'll start with this uh so last sunday i was sitting on the couch with austin at lunch and uh, i was doing what probably most girls do before they go on a trip i was on Pinterest and I was just kind of looking at, okay, you know, where are some cool places to go to now? Um, I've been fortunate enough to go to London about four times before this. Um, I did a bunch of traveling when I was really young and we've, uh, had layovers like long layovers for where we got to tour the city and do all the touristy stuff. So I was almost at a loss as far as like what to do. It's like, I was more than happy to go back and do stuff, but I just wanted to see some new stuff too. So I was sitting on the couch on Pinterest trying to find, some cute little places to go to because uh, on Monday, Austin worked all day and I was by myself. So I was trying to find some things that maybe, you know, that he wouldn't be that into, but I would be into or things that we, we would have fun doing together. So I'm showing him a couple of these things and he just looks at me and he goes, is this going to be a dumb trip? <laughs> <laughs> meaning me. are you just gonna find things that you can put on instagram this whole trip and like <laughs> totally take away from all of the fun that we could be having and i was like no yeah. <laughs> of course not so anyway we left last thursday everything was good we flew into london heathrow and uh as we were getting our tickets 
to go on the the express train from the airport to like central London, we were standing behind this guy and I turned to Austin. I was like, that looks like your friend from work. And he's like, yeah, it kind of does. And so I was like, yeah, how's he been? Have you talked to him? And he's like, yeah, I haven't talked to him in a while. So the guy gets up to walk off and Austin just goes trip. (laughs) And like, it's that guy. Like we saw him at the airport he was like what the world so it's like you know halfway across the world we run into this good friend of austin's from work is this from his current current job or his last no, job this is from his previous okay job. So they both now work at different places but it's okay. just like god what are the odds what are the odds yeah so it was just wild so anyway we ended up um doing quite a bit with him that friday that we were there so we we uh went to we started out um kind of close to westminster abbey um we we tried to see Big Ben. Big Ben is under construction, everybody. So what? that was a major letdown. So it's Aww. like they have like all this scaffolding up around like the pretty part of so you the like clock tower. See, can't even like and see can, it. Well, yeah, and you can see like the clock face, and um, you know, I, yeah. I don't even think it it like chimed whenever the hour struck. I think it was just <laughs> the yeah. So Aww. that was distressing. Yeah. So. There's a picture that I took with Austin. Um, maybe like whenever I get these blog posts started up, I'll put it on there. But there's a picture Austin and I took together um, where like my hair is just like totally in front of my face. Okay. Like I don't know yes. how he got it. It's like he was just trying to take a normal picture. And it's like a gust of wind just totally blew hair across my face. <laughs> you sent me and this it, picture and we're like, this is what happens when we try to get a this selfie. Is a keeper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one, and little did I know that that was pretty much gonna be uh, the theme for the rest of the trip, oh, or at least no. for a good chunk of the trip. No. Like, so I mean, so uh, like London was great. So we we continued to walk around with our friend. We stopped in a pub and got a beer. We went out for Indian food, which, by the way, I don't know if you know this or not, but London has a very large Indian population, like Indian and Pakistani population. So they have a lot of Indian food places. So we ended up doing Indian food with our friend Trip and his, his friend that he was there to visit. And that it was phenomenal. I mean, have you had Indian food? Do you like it? Okay. This is, I, I don't think I've ever had like traditional Indian food, but whenever I think of Indian food, all I think of is Along came Polly and went. Have you seen Along Came Polly with Ben Stiller? A long time ago. Okay. Yeah, well, there's a this last one with Ben Stiller and then Jennifer Anson. Jennifer Anson, yes. Um, and she takes him to go eat Indian food. And like, he's like, I, he didn't have like a very good internal system, I guess, when it comes to spicy food oh, like that. And yeah, like, I so he eats that. it. And he, the first time he's at her apartment, he like literally breaks her toilet and shits everywhere and uses like a really nice hand <laughs> towel to wipe his ass. And she walks in on him and it's like this whole thing. <laughs> so I'm like, that would be me. I feel like I'm like, I think Indian food and I think shit in your pants. And so, <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> so I just get like this dumb and dumber visual where he gets locked in the, or he's not locked in the bathroom, but he gets stuck in the bathroom. Like the toilet's not working. Yes. And he's just totally like blowing it up, which I mean, this is like a totally different bunny trail. Did you see that news video like a couple weeks ago where some guy at Home Depot, like somebody called a bomb threat at Home Depot and like evacuated the building because some gentleman walked into the men's room and told everybody, y'all all all need to get out right now because I'm fixing to blow this place up. Oh my God. And he was talking about 
defecating. Wait, is this for like a for real story? Off. No, this is a real story. And like the news anchor was like, he he just he couldn't hold it together. I mean, he was just cracking up. So, oh anyway. my god, sorry to that's Indian food, that's- Indian population, London poopy. Yeah, <laughs> back to We're, your story. This sorry. is officially off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why everybody's here, right? Yes. So anyway, so we did that. Went back to the hotel, and um, the plan was to get up early the next morning so we could take the train from London to Paris. So there's a train that goes under the English Channel. It's called the Channel, and uh, so it's about an hour and a half of uh, train ride. So Aww. we got up. Yeah, I mean it's not not bad, and I've actually really never traveled by train before, so it was kind of cool. And we sat and like. I guess what would be considered the premium economy seating, which was only like $15 more than real economy. And like, huh. it was actually quite nice. Well, I was it. like really, I think the whole reason we got it is because you could change your ticket, which is not, I mean, that's kind of, we'll get to that. So, <laughs> Oh God. So when we get to the train station, um, we were talking to a couple of the, the folks that work for Eurostar, which is the train that we took. And mm-hmm. they said, well, you know, there's been a, there's been some strikes lately with the customs officers, uh, but that should be over now. I think you should be fine, but uh, there may be a little bit longer than usual waiting times um, whenever you're getting on the train to come back. And so we're like, okay, you know, good to know. Yeah. We'll get to the train station a little early. No worries. So we get on the train, we get there, we get to Paris and man, I mean, like, it's just beautiful. Like the the first like 10 minutes I was there, I was just like, kind of like this little like hard eyes emoji, like looking around like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. They have flower shops everywhere. I love flowers. Very, very romantic. Like I can definitely see how people fall in love with it. So (laughs) we're walking to our hotel and, uh, we get passed by this van that's got its siren going off and okay. And then couple minutes later like two or three more follow it and they're going in the direction that we're walking oh. and i was like should should i be concerned yeah. there's mis- this many vehicles going towards the place that we're walking and uh he's like well, i don't know i guess we'll find out so you know we keep walking and our, our hotel was up by the paris opera house in the in the louvre like uh-huh. kind of in the vicinity of the louvre so it was really kind of neat we were like in the heart of paris i guess with the exception of the eiffel tower which is across the river but we we'll get to that so um we get to our hotel and we check in and um we were talking to the concierge about a few things and we we're talking about museums and that kind of thing and then austin noticed that he could get a discount on museums with um with eurostar the the train that we use to get over there so um anyway i was uh I was, I went downstairs to use the restroom and I came back out and Austin's just staring at his phone. He looks really confused. Oh. And he's like, Hey, we have a problem. It's like, okay. And, uh, he said, I would not have known this if I hadn't looked at these, these tickets for these museums, but our train tomorrow back has been canceled. Oh God. I was like, what? And he said, yeah, so we need to go figure out what we're going to do and see if we can get on a different trans. Okay. Yeah. So we go, we go back upstairs to the concierge and he's looking up, you know, when these, when the other trains would be leaving since ours got canceled. And you, you know, we're like, we're thinking like it's a flight, like, you know, your flight gets canceled. They got like right. 13 other flights to 
Atlanta or whatever mm-hmm. that day. So he pulls up the system. He's like, there's no more trains out until Wednesday. Oh, and we're like, oh, what the shit? Like, like you know, you, have, you have a flight back on Tuesday, right? And Austin yeah. probably has other shit to do. Exactly. He had to be there on Monday. Oh, and so and then we're like, OK, well, what about flights? And uh, there were flights, but um, because so all this happens because the customs agents were on strike. Oh, my God. Okay. So it's like they got custom agents at the train station, of course, but then they're also going to have them at the airport, as you would imagine. And so like all the flights like were canceled coming out of Charles de Gaulle. And so we're like, what what do we do? Yeah. we're like, I mean, can we leave today? So, I mean, like it turned into a situation where we were just kind of like, okay, we need to get out. Like, this is bad. Yes. So we we're trying to figure out how to get back to London. And I'm sitting here like, oh, well, this has been a great two hour detour into oh. Paris. But, um, so, I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't get out. I mean, they're like all the rest of the trains that day were canceled. And so we we're just like, I mean, what do we do? So they said, well, basically you can go to the train station early and see if you can get on a train standby so apparently there were trains leaving but that, that is not how they made it sound at first yeah and so anyway with our hotel we're like okay well if we leave today you know can we can we just cancel our reservation here and they're giving Austin trouble for that because he is points and they were, weren't going to refund his points if we left and so oh my gosh it was just oh. a big mess that's a big I would so, I've been a big ball of stress where I don't know if you're a person that like gets worried or stresses easily but that's totally me I would have been probably crying I don't know oh, if you cried. I mean I thought I thought I was gonna throw up like yeah. I felt I was just like I, I don't know what to do yeah I have no idea what to do in this situation I'm in a foreign country I don't speak the yeah. language like I I'm, I'm stuck I don't yeah. know so um anyway we're waiting on them to get our room ready because I only brought like a backpack and Austin brought like a little duffel bag over just like with toiletries basically and a change of clothes for the next day. So that's another reason why it was distressing because all of our shit was back in London. Like, so y'all kept we your, was, you kept like uh, your hotel or Airbnb or whatever in London or like, yeah, because we, d- we did that on points too. So it's not like okay. we were out any money for yeah. it. So we just didn't stay there that night. But um, anyway, so we're just going to drop our stuff in the room and start walking. Um, they're like, okay, we'll have your room ready in 20 minutes. If you want to head up to our executive lounge and hang out, you can do that and just relax until it's ready. So we go up there and it was like 45 minutes later. And the entire time we are hearing more and more bands go by with their sirens on oh my God. like down the street, close to where we are. And we're just like, okay, drink every time you, you hear a siren <laughs> oh get drunk. Yeah, it was bad. So we finally got into our room. We dropped our stuff and we were off. So um, it's worth mentioning that the sirens going on, the customs agents were not, they're two separate things. Okay. okay. <laughs> so the customs agents was bad enough. And it's just like this culmination of like all these horrible things. And like literally the entire time Austin's just in there like, this is my nightmare. Like, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> so, Cause Austin's usually just like so squared away. He's got a plan A, he's got a plan B. It's like, yeah. So uh, like we couldn't enjoy it because we didn't know what to do. So we, we spent a little bit of time walking around. We had a couple of the things that I wanted to see. We got to go to a little cafe and have lunch. I had escargot for the first time. It was nice. actually awesome. It did not suck at all. It was, I mean, you just like can't think about what you're eating. Right. <laughs> it was so good. So um anyway, we walked like 
probably two miles trying to find this Avis because we were going to rent a car and drive to the coast of Paris or coast of France and then like take a ferry or a train in the tunnel again (laughs) over to Dover and then drive from Dover to London. Oh my gosh. Because we didn't, we didn't know what to do. I mean, it's like, if there's no trains, I mean, like, how do we get out? And there's no flights. So, um, Anyway, we walked like probably two miles trying to find this Avis and it's like, it didn't exist on the map. Oh God. So we wasted all this time trying to find this place. And then, uh, there was another one. And so we had to walk to find that. And, uh, so we get there and Austin. So for those of y'all that don't know, Austin travels quite a bit for work. I think I mentioned that before. Um, but if not, so that's how we're able to do this these kinds of trips is that I fly over on miles. We use hotel points. It's, it's very low cost. So we're very lucky that we get to do that. So Austin, whenever he rents a car, uses Avis. So he has rewards points through Avis. Hence why we were looking at. So we get to this, this actual Avis that does exist. And it's like in this underground garage, (laughs) we get there and only one person speaks English. Of course. I mean, like Austin knows some French, but it's like his French is pretty limited. So Anyway, they were trying to tell us that we couldn't use points for a car. All they had available for us to drive was a BMW or a Mercedes. Of course. And I, I know, I was just like, screw you guys. And then I was like, I see a Ford Fusion right there. Are you kidding? Oh my gosh, get out of here. So, um, and then it was going to be 450 American dollars to rent the car to drive oh from God. Paris to Calais for two hours. I mean, it was a two hour Jeez. drive. We're like hard pass. Yeah. Thanks for your time. So Austin leaves and he's just like, I, I don't know what to Feeling. do. I guess we just go to the train station, just hope for the best. I was yeah. like, I think that's all we can do. So, um, yeah. Meanwhile, these, these vans with their sirens, are still passing us like constantly, like there's just more and more and more that are coming. And so we look at the sign and it says like gendarme or something like that. And I was like, what? so we looked it up and apparently it's the French national guard. Oh, and yeah, they're, so they're like going through and oh gosh. So we're, we're walking after we got to the Avis place and I finally found like where I wanted to go. Like I wanted to do some French shopping. I like, even if I didn't buy anything, I just wanted to window shop and Chanel and Louis Vuitton and all these, you know, just iconic French places. Well, they're all closed because (laughs) apparently there were some riots going on. So, oh gosh. I'm sorry that I'm laughing. No, don't be sorry. I mean, it's just like, what the hell is happening? So, oh my gosh. So. I was like, I need a glass of wine. I need some riot yes. juice. So, so, um, anyway, we, we kept walking. We went towards the Louvre. Part of the thoroughfare to the Louvre was, was shut off to where people couldn't get to because of the riots. So, and like, <sighs> it's just like overrun with all these like now, I mean, they're everywhere. The French national guard was everywhere. So, I mean, like we were just kind of blindly unaware of like what all was going on. We were just like, oh shit, this is shut down too. What the hell? And so, um, we got to the Louvre. We did that for like, maybe like an hour and a half or two hours. My feet were killing me at this point. I bet. I mean, I was just tired. And then, uh, you know, I hadn't really slept like the night before I don't sleep on planes. So I was just tired. So we didn't spend too terribly much time there. Um, although we could have, I mean, it's huge. So we went, where do we go after the Louvre? 
I can't remember. I mean, we just, we walked around a ton. So, oh, it's worth mentioning that when I was at the hotel, they're like, okay, you have to avoid the Arc de Triomphe and the, um, the Champs-Élysées because that's where all these, these protests are going on. And we're just thinking, and like the day before we had seen protests in London over climate change. And so we thought that it was similar. They said something about the protests being about climate change in Paris. And we're like, okay, you know, just people demonstrating, not a big deal. You know, they're just, they're just there with their megaphones talking. It's okay. Yeah. So, um, we're like, okay, we'll avoid it during the day. We'll see what happens. So we, um, <laughs> we watched the Notre Dame and then we walked three miles to the Paris catacombs because we thought that'd be really cool. And it was going to be like at night. So it was gonna be yeah. extra creepy. Um, we got there four minutes late and they were closed <laughs> after walking three miles. What is this day? <laughs> what is happening, man? Oh. And like, we walked around and like, we could have made it, but on Austin's map, it was like off to the right. And we went left. Oh no. And he thought it was where we were going and it was not, so, oh. and it's not very well marked. And so we were like walking around the catacombs entrance and didn't even realize it. And Oh, it was late. And Austin, I mean, just Austin was totally like, it's just like the wind was out of his sails. He was yeah. just like, what, <laughs> what is happening? So he was like, well, I guess we can walk to the Eiffel Tower. He looks at like the map and the Eiffel Tower is like four miles away. I was like, oh, no, 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 we are taking the Metro to get to the Eiffel Tower. This is ridiculous. Yeah. So, uh, we did, we took the train to get to the Eiffel tower. And, uh, so I mean, seeing that at night was really cool. And yeah. I've always kind of wanted to see it and we got to see the light show and all that, but you have to be really careful around there. Cause there's pickpockets everywhere. Like they have these little, <gasps> these little guys that are selling like Eiffel tower memorabilia that like light up and flash and all this. It's just, you know, real gimmicky tourist stuff. Yeah. So they get in your face, right? They're like, Oh, here, only $1, only $1. And so, they do while they do that, they have one of their cronies in the background, like trying to sneak around you to pick your pockets oh or God. pick stuff out of your purse. Yeah. So this is why I didn't take a purse because I knew this stuff happened. Yes. So I just I had my phone and in my pocket and that was it. So walked around the Eiffel Tower. Again, a bunch of it was blocked off. Um mm. so then Austin's like, well, why don't we? why don't we at least take the train to the Arc de Triomphe and just, just so you can see it. And I was like, okay, well, the stop for the Arc de Triomphe was right by Champs-Élysées where all the, all the riots mm -hmm. were happening. So we're, I was like, I mean, I trusted him. I mean, he's traveled to Paris before. I was just like, okay, let's just see what happens. I'm sure it's fine. So we get off at the stop and I mean, like all the other stops that we had seen on the, on the Metro, like were just like what you'd expect for like a subway. Like, I mean, pretty busy regardless of the time of day. Mm -hmm. I mean, we were there probably like nine 30 at night and we get off at the shops or the, the stop for the Champs-Élysées and it's a ghost town. It was eerie. We were just like, oh. something's wrong. Yeah. So, um, we, we go up, we see the arc, but I mean, just still everywhere was the French national guard bands. And then we turned to walk down the Champs-Élysées and the entire length of it, there's on, on both sides of the road, like for like, as far as the, I can see was just blue lights and oh like all gosh. these vans. So we're just like, this is, this is way messed up. So we're walking there is broken glass everywhere. People had broken the windows of like the Louis Vuitton on the shops. They had, they broke the windows oh, of La Dure, that little macaroon place. Yeah. 
they spray painted Viva La Revolucion everywhere. They, I mean, they had spray painted profanities about the French president. Like they burned a bus. They burned motorcycles on the side of the road. They burned all these bikes. I mean, they burnt the front of restaurants. It's just, it was an, it was genuinely a war zone. They had, they had the national guard in full riot gear out there and we're just walking around and like they had certain parts of it blocked off where you kind of had to like go around the block in order to get around them. I was just like, what the hell is happening? So I, I had no idea it was that bad. I don't think Austin did, but it's like while we were walking around the rest of Paris, like trying to find Avis, all this stuff was going on. So it's almost like kind of like a blessing that we ended up kind of getting lost and trying to deal with all this other stuff because it kept us from getting swept up in all Stuck this. Stuck in all that. Oh my gosh. That'd been terrifying. But, yeah. I mean, it was still pretty scary just walking through yeah, it. Yeah, I bet. And I was just like, God, we got to get out of here. So <laughs> we, we ended the night at a restaurant. We had a really great meal. It was fine. Went back to the hotel room and got like five hours of sleep, cool. <laughs> which it's worth mentioning that the hotel room was awesome because they upgraded us. So That's we good. got like this really pretty sweet that we spent like probably five hours. <laughs> so anyway, um, so we woke up and this is the, the time where we had to like go <clears throat> see if we could hop on a, a train after all. So, oh. so we, uh, we get to the train station at like six o'clock and there's already like probably about like a hundred people there waiting. Oh, no. I know. And so, and like, there's no like rhyme or reason to the line and the, the group of people that w- were waiting w- were at the top of this escalator. So it's like, people are going to come up thinking yeah. that there's going to be space for them. There's nowhere for anybody to go. Uh-oh. So this huge group of like Korean tourists comes up and they just totally messed up like any kind of <laughs> semblance of order that there was to the line. So I was just like, okay, screw this. You and I are going this way. So we just kind of like elbowed our way to the front of the line before all, all hell broke loose. So I mean, like I, I felt bad doing that, but it was just like one of those situations where it's like you against everybody else. Oh yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, especially being in a foreign country, I was just like, we got to get out of here. Like <laughs> this isn't a joke. So, um, anyway, because the customs agents were on strike, I mean, they took their sweet time getting everything set up and like they, they opened the gates for us to stand in yet another line. And I think uh, we spent probably in total about two hours waiting and we were towards the front of the line. And it's like, oh. we looked behind us and there were just like hundreds and hundreds of people of still people. waiting. Oh, yeah. Lord. It was awful, awful. So once we got through customs um, with our passports and all, we had to go through like a scanner. It was very much like how it is in like an airport, which I wasn't expecting. I don't know exactly what I was expecting, but mm. um so they have like a, a bag scanner and they have you like walk through this thing. Well, I'm standing there on the other side of the scanner waiting for this guy to wave me through the the metal detector. And I mean, he's literally just staring at me for like Ooh. five minutes. And I'm looking at him I'm like, you do you want me to come? And he yeah. just shakes his head no. Ew. And then like, yeah, shakes his head no. So I mean, like he's holding up this line because he's on, on strike basically, but he's still at work. And then like the girls that were working the scanner, like we're just talking to each other, just shooting the shit, not looking at the, at the machine. And then just like, would stop the conveyor belt for several minutes at a time and then start again, let one bag through. So, I mean, it took forever. It took so long. So once we got on the other side, Austin was able to get us a ticket on 
the first train out. So we were able to get on a train. Oh my gosh. I was so anxious. I just, it it was almost like we couldn't enjoy the time there because we were so stressed out about whether or not we were going to get on this train back because it was really important. So, oh my gosh, I don't think I've ever been so happy to be back in London. (laughs) That was just insane. Absolutely insane. Not what you were expecting at all. You were probably expecting this like fun like walk around everything be great take good pictures and it's just the complete opposite no it was just a total shit show oh my gosh I mean and like we were totally not in control of that situation (laughs) it's like there was nothing we could have done so I mean we just we were very lucky to get the tickets that we did but um yeah. So then, uh, we get back to London and we're like planning on taking a nap since we hadn't slept that much. And Austin gets to the hotel room and he just kind of sits there in silence for a few minutes. And he just goes, you know what? We paid to do that, <laughs> to go through all of that. We paid to do that. I was just like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> oh, God, uh, well, not funny at the time, but it's probably still not even really funny. No, to we were you laughing now. so hard. We were just like, "What? Like what? What just happened?" That felt like a dream. But you will so, never forget that. Like even no. when y'all are eighty years old, you're like, "Remember that time?" When we- no. <laughs> oh and my I'll tell god. But too, like the the people there, like were not helpful. I mean, just not friendly, not helpful. Like there's only like a few that we came into contact with that were actually like genuinely nice. And yeah. like one of them was this lady that was working in the pharmacy and we were going to find a band-aid for the back of my heel oh. <laughs> and she knew exactly which one that I needed. And like, she barely spoke English, but she, like I showed her the back of my heel and she's like, Oh, oh. and so she like goes and gets this little like special band-aid. That's like, not just one of the fabric ones. It's yeah. like one of the nice ones. It's got like the gel on it and everything. And like, she hooked us up. It was so great. Well, that's nice. <laughs> it's like, bless you. You're a saint. But, um, yeah, so we got back to London and then that day we what did we do? I think we walked around like Harrods and went to Burberry and uh we didn't do a whole heck of a lot. Um we walked to a pub and had dinner and <laughs> we were bamboozled because we thought we were going to like an English pub and we get there and it's actually like an Indian pub with an English name. So oh. we have more Indian food. <laughs> more in- whatever. As long as it was good. I mean, it ended up being good, but it just like wasn't what we were expecting. We just got there and saw the menu. We're like, oh. This isn't fish and chips. <laughs> yeah. They have like one thing of fish and chips on the menu, but we'd already had fish and chips like a couple times on the trip. So we were looking mm. for just, you know, different English fare. And yeah. Yeah. No such luck, but it was still good. So um, the next day, Austin woke up and had to go to work. And so I was on my own. And let me tell you, I was so scared. I have never been on my own in a foreign country. I don't think I could do it. So you have more balls than I do. I'll tell you that. No, it was so scary. So, um, he turned on international data for the day on my phone. Thank goodness, because I I don't know what I would have done without it. So, um, I walked to (laughs) this little CrossFit gym that looked like a little hobbit hole. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) it was under a train track. And like, part of it was wet and damp from like, I guess condensation from like the bricks in the train track. And so, I mean, like it was tiny, tiny, tiny. And I walked like a mile and a half to get there and a mile oh. and a half back. I wasn't expecting it. And so, um, after that, I just kind of like walked around the city and did all the dumb stuff that Austin didn't want to do. I yeah. had a cupcake at this cupcake place. And then, Aww. 
went to these like bougie like retailers that yeah. I could never afford anything from they had like Balmain and like yeah all these like I mean just beautiful clothes I mean like just unreal so I'm just walking around like are they judging me for being here in jeans I'm sorry please I'm sure they see so many people like you like touristy people that can't afford this that they're just like these Americans I know I know and it's like I knew that they were judging me the whole time and I just like didn't care whatever yeah I mean like you know whatever so did that and then I, I walked around uh, Covent Garden that was really pretty and I tried to I think I posted this on my Instagram but uh, I went to this place called Neil's Yard and it's just like this really colorful yeah. street in London that's kind of and it was super pretty but it's like literally down a back alley and so oh. I was walking around it with my little map on my phone like trying to find it for 30 minutes and I went and asked this sweet lady in like an office building and she kind of pointed me in the right direction but she didn't know exactly where it was either oh. and the only reason why <laughs> I found where it was is this little, um, this other little tourist from an Asian country that I'm not, I'm not sure what it was, but she just started talking really excitedly. And so like I turned around and sure enough, it was right there. I was like, Oh, Oh, nice. Anyway, so it was cute. And then, um, at that point it was time to head back and I met Austin. I, I got to meet him for lunch, which was really cool. We weren't expecting that. So I had to like navigate the the underground by myself, which oh, was super gosh. scary. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, I mean, you and I, you know, we grew up in Texas where we don't really have public transit like yes. that. We don't have trains. So like learning how to, you know, deal with being on the underground and then catching like a connecting train and making sure that it goes like eastbound or westbound, depending yes. on where you need to go. That was kind of confusing, but I figured I it out. I got to where I needed to go. And so, and I will say that, um, if you ever travel somewhere that has like a Metro or like an underground or train system, subway system, the iPhone maps has like this awesome setting on it for public transit. And like, it'll tell you exactly which line you need to use and where That's to nice. go to find it and how far the walk is from the train station to where you need to go. So that was a lifesaver for I me bet. on the day. Oh my gosh. Otherwise I would have been totally screwed. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that was basically it. I like traveled back on Tuesday, which was yesterday by myself. And again, I never traveled internationally by myself. So I was like still kind of scared because like mm-hmm. Austin's like a pro, he knows how to travel with the best of him. And I, uh, I, <laughs> I cramp his style whenever I travel with him. Oh. <laughs> He's so fast with everything. And I'm like asking all these questions. So anyway but you um, did it so I did it and I got back to um so I had a connection in in Raleigh Durham and apparently this is like a law in the states where you have to pick up your bag after you go through customs and then recheck it if you have a connecting flight somewhere uh-huh. so I was waiting to get my bag and oh my gosh player this guy was straight up like climbing on top of the conveyor belt to get his bag and like walk down the chute to go find his bag i was just like is this for real like is anybody else seeing this like this is crazy crazy. what is wrong with people they would be on his ass so fast if they saw that oh my god so people that was that was my wild story but um (laughs) anyway so then i got you know i got home just fine and saw my dogs i'm so happy to be back so that's been my trip everybody (laughs) oh my gosh what i learned don't go to paris oh my gosh but all in all, I mean, at least this was like a last minute trip for you though. So like 
it was exciting. I mean, you had fun, I hope, overall, other than the, oh, your yeah. horrible day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was it was really fun. Like, I mean, especially for it being so last minute, like you said, like, I, I really couldn't have asked for anything better. It was, like, I, we didn't sleep much, but um, we kind of figured it'd be fast paced. So I didn't really expect to. But um, yeah. yeah. And, and I'm not really jet lagged too bad. Thank goodness. But um, anyway, so you had somewhat of an interesting week you had a jury summons right yeah so I'm over here like complaining and then I hear your story and I'm like okay my shit's not that bad no 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 I I can't wait to hear about this okay so I don't know about have you ever gotten a jury summons in the mail ever before so I did one time but it was when I was in grad school so I couldn't go because I had class and I guess they they let you out if you're a student okay so I don't, I think maybe, I don't know if I ever did in college. I think I might've even had the excuse, like I don't live in the DFW area. Like I'm in, like they had my parents address or whatever. So it was an excuse for me, but Mm -hmm. ever since I've graduated college. So I've been out of school almost six or a little over six years now in those six years. I think like whenever you get a jury summons and like you go and and whatever it's, you're not supposed to get one again until like at least two years later. And like most of the time, you don't it's a while before you get it again. Right. I just received my third jury summons in the mail. And I'm like, I can't catch a break here. So dude, what? Three? Three this is my third. So my first one, I was probably two years out of college. And I was like, okay, I don't know. It's it's kind of scary when you've never done it before. I'm like, I don't know what to expect, but also kind of cool, I guess. Like, hey, I have to go to jury or jury duty or whatever. So when you the, that first year I went like you go and you just sit in this giant like this giant room and there's I guess all these different cases that are whatever that's happening that day and like you get you get called back and to go into like smaller courtrooms but you sit in this just this giant room with just like a ton of people and you can't really do much but like play on your phone basically um so I sat and that first time I sat in the room that room for like three or four hours and then they're like okay if you haven't been called back you're dismissed so I just got to go home I was like oh that's all that it was the second time was probably two years later had to go again sat in that giant room sat in it and then got called back to a smaller jury like a courtroom I was there all day so like you get into a small room and like you have lawyers like asking you questions like standing up you're saying yes or no that I don't know I think that the case that was happening that day was it was like a car accident case and they I don't know how they pick jury duty people and they ask like these really weird questions, but I guess I didn't answer the way they wanted to. So I got dismissed. Nice. So cool. But I was still there all but day. You're still there all day. So all not day. So nice. Um, so then now this time, this one was what's a little bit odd. So about a month ago, I get this. It It's from the court or I don't know who mails you this shit. Is it like the US? I don't know, but I get this thing in no the mail idea. and it's like, you've been, like you know summoned for jury duty but it's like oh not but then it was like oh not really it, they sent me this like weird question I had to go online and fill out this like questionnaire oh, about yeah. myself I was like okay that's weird but I was like maybe this is different because now I live in a different I'm live in Tarrant County now and not in Dallas County so I was like okay maybe I don't know if that had something to do with it so I filled out the questionnaire it was like asking me questions about how long have I lived in the county that I'm in what's my occupation what's my husband's occupation like I don't know. So I filled it out. I didn't think anything of it. So a couple of days ago, I get another thing in the mail that's like, okay, you have been selected for jury duty. And I'm like, God damn it. Again, like, <laughs> again, are you f- like freaking kidding me? 
So I open it. And usually when you get a summons, it tells you, okay, you have to be on at this court at this date and time, like, you know, August 5th at 9 a.m. in the morning, you have to be here. This one said it was like a three page document. And it was like, okay, you have been, you are now on call for jury duty for two weeks. No. So starting April 5th through like April 19th, I am on call. So they had me again, go online, fill out this questionnaire again. And it's oh, saying, no. okay, so every Friday and Monday in this two week period, you have to call this number and it call you call it in and it tells you whether or not you have to be at jury duty that at some day or time the following week. So on Friday, April 5th or whatever day it is after 3 PM, I have to call a number and it's going to tell me whether I have to show up for jury duty the next week or not. Then on Monday, that following Monday, after 3 p.m., I have to do the same thing again. And the same thing that next Friday, and the next Monday, and the next Friday. And I'm like, okay, is oh, this for real? Like, what is this? I have never heard of this. So I go into work the next day, and I tell my boss, I'm like, hey, by the way, I have jury duty. And he's like, oh, man, that sucks. And I was like, but I have, like, two... I don't, and I was like, have you in all of your life ever heard of anything like this where I'm on call? And he was like, what? No. And so then I'm sitting here. I'm like, is this actually for, like, am I being scammed? Like, am I the idiot here? Like, what is going on? Like, is someone <laughs> like, I thank goodness. I didn't have to fill out much personal information of myself, this questionnaire, but I'm like, what if this is like a scammer and either asking for my social security number and I'm That's going on here and like giving all, here's my bank account number. Here's all of this. I did <laughs> right? it, but here's my mother's maiden name. This uh, is the town I grew up in. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, <laughs> one thing, one of the questions on the questionnaire though, while I was filling it out and this made Justin laugh, cause I didn't even realize that I said this, I was sitting there filling it out and he was like listening. I'm over here huffing and puffing, like filling out this damn questionnaire. <laughs> one of the questions was have like do you have a or are you currently disabled or have something something like a disability and I just un I mumble out loud I think I said damn it unfortunately no <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh shit no I don't mean unfortunately I'm th thankfully I don't have a disability but god damn it oh I just sound like an asshole it was it was a classic, that's for sure. We were right about to go into the studio to record uh, the new episode of The Outfielder, and I was losing my mind. I was just so annoyed. Like I, I was like, is there anything I could do to get out? They were asking, have you ever been charged with a felony? Have you ever, yeah, do you have a disability? Are you a veteran? Are you, like, all of these things? And I have to answer, no, no. So by the time I got to disability, I was like, no, I wish I did. And then I was like, no, shit. I, I don't actually wish I did. But I'm just more annoyed. Like, I get having to, you know, do your, like, civil duty or whatever and, like, go in and, like, it's supposed to be, like, it's an American right to be able to go in and serve on a jury, which I get. You know, if I have to do it, it's not going to be the end of the world. But my thing about this on-call thing is for two weeks, I'm going to be sitting here wondering if I'm going to have to. And I feel like I can't plan stuff for two weeks because I don't know if I'm going to have to be at jury duty where if it's just going in on a certain day and time, it's like I'll know that day if I'm going to be selected to be on this jury where now it's going to be two weeks of unknown which is why I'm annoyed that was my question I was like I thought that like you had to be selected for jury duty before they could be like okay you're on call because it doesn't make sense that you're like on call to be on the jury when you haven't yet been selected because yeah. so how how do they know that I don't know you're going to be the one that they want for, it doesn't exactly. make sense it makes me. it makes zero sense so I'm just I'm is more I was just me being annoyed and just I'm like 
Maybe no, I that's should. super annoying. I've I've heard of it before, but not to the same extent that you're going through. Like I've heard of it with a coworker of mine that had to be on call for like the following day. It was like he got selected for jury duty and then had to go that day and then was like, okay, I'm on call the following day. Yeah. And then I don't think he ended up getting called in. But but yeah, I, I mean, to be, to have to do that for two weeks. Yeah. And for me to have to call in and find out after, like after I, why after 3 p.m. on Mondays and Fridays for two weeks, I have I have no idea. But so strange. I'm just uh, that I'm just that's super so. annoying. But then I hear uh, your I'm story like, yeah. and I'm like, OK, I really can't. I can't no, 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 no. It's just annoying so. on two different two different levels. Yeah. Just, you know, two totally separate things. But so. Anyway, anyway, so oh, sorry, friend. It's okay. Um, but one good thing is I've watched a lot of good TV this week, and I know that you, because now that we don't have The Bachelor, I feel like I can catch up on other shows that I've been neglecting. Um, so a couple of things that I've well, this week, obviously, I feel like and you you watched Real Housewives this week, so we can talk about that for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Beverly Hills. Um, but another show that I just started, I don't know if you've ever watched. Do you watch um, Queer Eye that's on Netflix? No, but I've heard it's really good. Okay. You definitely should. I'm like low-key obsessed with it. They just dropped their third season. So I started this weekend. I was watching. I'm not through all of it. I think they dropped like eight episodes at a time. So they've, this is their third season. So anyways, that was like my happy feel for this weekend. Um, and then I'm excited because they started. Did you ever listen to this, the uh, podcast Serial um no not that one I listened to like Dirty John and Dr. Death but not that okay. one I've heard Serial's really good yeah so they have their the famous one where they have the case with the the, the uh high school kids where like one of the girls was murdered and her ex-boyfriend got convicted of it and he's in jail and like there's this whole theory that he didn't actually do it and like it was a whole long like 12 episode long podcast over this whole case this was ha- back in I think the 90s and so it captivated America basically. And I listened to it like three or four months ago. Was one of my coworkers told me to listen to it. And I was like, so entranced by it. And now HBO has a four part documentary that came out on it. So I watched the oh, first wow. part of it last night. So I'm, I'm excited. So that was another good thing. But, um, since you haven't watched those, we can talk about real housewives for a couple of minutes. And then I know we have actually a, um, a listener that wrote into us on soliciting our, advice because we are just so knowledgeable um We're so wise and sage yes but yeah. with real housewives okay so this is of beverly hills i know there's other franchises that i think are on now i need to get into watching those but i don't know oh if yeah new york is on now i guess i need to catch up on new york too but i i know i haven't watched in like multiple seasons so i'm way behind on that and I think is Atlanta on right now and New Jersey or no, New Jersey just wrapped up or it's New on? Jersey's done. I think Atlanta just had their, their reunion. So okay. I think they're done. Okay. Well, Beverly Hills has been my, like what I love watching and I'm kind of annoyed with this season because I feel like every time we've recapped it on this podcast, all we talk about is this damn dog situation. And that's all that happened this episode again. Yes, I know. I'm, I'm over it. And like, I've been reading different things on Reddit and I think that, and I agree with this. Somebody said that they think that the reason why this continues to be an, an issue is because they're trying to highlight how manipulative Lisa is. Cause it sounds like she's trying to set Teddy up now yeah. to kind of take the fall for her spreading the word about Dorit returning the dog or rehoming the dog and ending up in a kill shelter. So yes. 
but I'm over it either way. It's like, I'm tired of this. I, I wish we could just move on and talk about literally anything, but, but, but yeah, I think they are building it up to, up to, because at some point Lisa Vanderpump has her big falling out with literally everybody and Kyle specifically. So, and I think it has to be partially over this because we're getting to the point where there's text messages that Lisa's yeah. showing. Text like messages printing that, off text messages. And, and it, but even with these text messages, people are still kind of like, they don't believe Lisa Vanderpump because now people are coming forward. Like Camille was like, well, I've been manipulated by Lisa Vanderpump, like in prior season. They brought up when um, Taylor Armstrong was on, like back in the OG seasons of Beverly yes. Hills, but all this stuff yeah. with her ex-husband um, who committed suicide and like, at least she was saying Lisa Vanderpump manipulated me to bringing up like really bad stuff in her past. Like I didn't say that out of my own free will. Lisa Vanderpump made me, t- I was manipulated to say these things for her, which is what's I guess happening with Teddy. And then I think Lisa Renna said something about the same thing along those lines. So everyone's like on Teddy's side. And I guess yeah. I probably, I, I know you read so many different things and all these ladies have their own blogs. And I, I don't know if you've read any of their blogs, blogs not this season no but i think most everyone's like yeah over lisa vanderpump basically so wow i don't know how the mighty have fallen yeah and i mean it kind of makes me sad because i i remember teddy saying something to the effect of well last year was a really hard year for me and i had trouble kind of breaking into the group and lisa's the one that took me under her wing and kind of stood up for me and so and it seems like that was almost just like to get the buy-in from Teddy to where it's like she would do basically whatever Lisa wanted because Lisa made her feel like she was a friend and she was valued and was actually glad that she was a part of the group. So, I mean, like I, I used to love Lisa Vanderpump. I seriously hope that that's not the case, but everything is pointing to it is the case based on what the other ladies are saying. Yep. But I was kind of proud of Teddy, though, for holding her ground. They were at, I think it was Camille's 50th birthday party when, like, all the ladies were talking about this. And Lisa Vanderpump walked up and Teddy was like, yeah, I'm talking about you and, like, how you are lying. And Lisa Vanderpump was like, no, no. And she's like, all right, I'm calling you on your bullshit. And, like, didn't because I think Lisa Vanderpump can be very intimidating. And, like, I don't know. Teddy was like, no, fuck this. Like. I'm going to tell my truth. And if you don't want to go along with it, that's your, that's your problem. So yeah, good for her. And I will say like, I think it's really cool. Kind of like what Erica and Dari were saying, they're like, you owned up to like your mistake in this situation. We really respect that. And I think that was kind of a first for those three, because those were the two that Teddy had the hardest time with last season. And I'm glad that they're finally starting to respect her. And she's big on accountability because I mean, that's part of, you know, her coaching Mm -hmm. that she does. And so, uh, I don't know. I just, I appreciate Teddy's character. I appreciate that she is willing to own up to her mistakes, but you know, generally I think is, is a good person at heart and, you know, is pretty down to earth. So. Yeah, I agree. At least she, she knows that she's not at, at fault here completely, but is willing to say that she, she messed up and she's, she's sorry for her actions where LVP is like, no, no, I would would never. are you kidding me Um, (laughs) my horrible british accent i'm very sorry (laughs) i I just came from there so (laughs) but um the one thing that i found i was like laughing so hard watching it that happened this episode was when um kyle and lisa vanderpump went and had dinner with uh denise richards and her now almost husband oh my god i think was denise had to have been drunk like 
I don't know if she was, but all she kept talking about was how giant her future husband's penis was. And I think oh, she said the gosh, word penis. The waiter walks up and I'm just like, <laughs> oh my goodness. I couldn't hold it together. I was like, stop saying penis. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. I know. Well, and then like in her confessional, she's like, and I've seen a lot of them. I'm yeah. like, oh, oh my God. Okay. Why would you say that? <laughs> I was laughing so hard because Kyle and LVP were like, what is is this for real right now? They're like, stop, sh- stop, stop, stop. She's like, stop penis, saying that penis. word. Stop it. Oh, <laughs> uh, and that made me oh laugh gosh. though. But that was the only other notable thing besides the, the dog situation that happened. So um anyway well i don't think anything else happened that episode worth talking about so let's just move on to we got in a question which i don't we'll have advice on i really feel like we will um our our poor listener she's having some issues with her her boyfriend and her boyfriend's friends so she said Dear Peaches, I have a bit of a problem that I could use your advice on. My boyfriend my boyfriend and I have been together for almost three months and things are going great. He is different from the rest of the guys I've ever dated and I really feel myself falling for him. My problem, though, lies with his friends. He has a lot of really close girlfriends and I am having issues fitting in with them. It's like they're being very overprotective of him and I don't understand why. I'm usually pretty introverted, so it's really hard for me to start up conversations, and I generally wait for people to approach me, but when I'm out with my boyfriend and these girls, they blatantly turn their backs to me in the group and never try and include me in their conversations, and I feel so alone. I've brought this up to my boyfriend, and he just brushes it off like it's nothing and for nothing for me to be concerned about. His friends mean a lot to him, and if I'm going to be around them a lot, I would obviously like to be included and have fun with them. What can I do to start being included on conversations with these girls and make them become my friends too. Oh, okay. Well, Well, okay. So I can relate to this from the opposite side. So like, not that like I've, I had like a close guy friend that stayed a girl that like, I'm not sure about and that kind of thing, but um, I have a similar family situation. So What I will say from the extrovert side of things is um, I think what can happen is if you are a little bit more introverted, I think that people can take that as you're being closed off and maybe not as receptive to the group dynamic. And so it, it sucks, but you might have to work just a little bit harder to overcome that and really just try to make the conversation about the girls because everybody likes to talk about themselves. Yeah. So, you know, uh, that would be my advice is just to strike up a conversation and be like, how's work going? You know, tell me about your family. Or, I mean that maybe that's a little bit too personal, but you know, maybe even something small, like, Oh, I like your outfit. Where'd you get it? Um, stuff like that. I mean, if they really are not being receptive and you've talked about it with your boyfriend what it really comes down to for me is whether or not he's willing to stand up for you. Because if, if this is a concern and you've expressed this concern and he's continued to brush it off, it just sounds like he's not really taking your feelings into account. Yeah. And my hope is that he would see like that you are making an effort. Cause I'm sure that, you know, you have made efforts, but I don't know. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, That's what I'd say. And I can relate to, to, Uh, our listener here too, because I'm for the most part an introvert myself. So when I'm out in group settings with people that I don't really know, I 
don't really talk a lot. Like I will just kind of stand there and not say much and, and hang on to the one person that I know, which it seems like it might be her boyfriend, you know, where you latch onto them, but maybe he's out talking to other people. And so you're just kind of like standing there, not knowing what to do. And then if you see these groups of gr- like girls that are really good friends already, it's intimidating to be a part of that. Right. And so I would probably like you kind of stand there and not really say much. Cause you feel like why you don't want to interject yourself. Like they may have inside jokes and stuff that they're talking about. So what I would suggest is, I don't know if you're out with like a big group of them, but if you could have your boyfriend, you and your, like ask your boyfriend, like, Hey, can we have just like these two girls or like make it a little bit of a smaller setting? Cause if it's a big group, it's intimidating, but if it's a little bit smaller, it's easier for you to get to know them maybe a little bit better and to have more intimate comp, like one-on-one conversations and, or maybe ask your boyfriend, like, Hey, like get, what TV shows do they like? Or what, where do they like to go shopping? And so like, it's easier for you to be like, Oh, like did y'all catch real housewives last night or whatever? And like, it's something for y'all easily to start talking about. Cause I know it can be so hard to start those conversations yourself, but like, I don't want to say lean on your boyfriend, to, like, like he's your crutch, but have him help you like start conversations to where like he starts a conversation with all of you together. And then it maybe makes you and the girl start talking more where he can kind of step out and you're already involved in the conversation. It makes it a little bit easier to flow. Does that make make sense? No, that's great advice. Yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, I guess maybe the hope is that maybe at some point your boyfriend will jump in and be like, well, Sarah really enjoys traveling too. You know, Sarah, where have you been? And maybe just try to incorporate you into the conversation a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I like the, the smaller, smaller group setting. So maybe picking like one or two of them and just like going out to lunch and getting to know them. And then maybe, you know, after that, that friend of his will know you on a, a little bit of a deeper basis and be more inclined to pull you into the group whenever they're talking about stuff. So yeah. it's a tricky situation. That's, really sucky and I know and I, I don't I don't mean imagine this, very hurtful but. I don't mean this is any disrespect to your boyfriend either but I just think boys in general sometimes don't understand <laughs> they, they don't. don't they, they don't really get it. don't he's like they're oh, not no, relationally oriented like we are so yeah he's like oh no what are you talking about like no they like they wouldn't like not include you on purpose which I'm sure like they just don't get it where it can be intimidating sometimes so just be like look like can you just help me please for a little bit here and I don't need you to like be involved in the conversation 24 seven, but just like help me get there. It's a little bit of a struggle and like talk to him a little bit more. I don't know if you've just like briefly told him like, Hey, they're not talking to me. And he's like, Oh no, it's fine. And that was the extent of your conversation, but it will get better. I guess that it just, yeah, smaller settings yeah. to start with. So smaller setting, you know, keep trying. He's got to see that you're trying. So, yeah. um, you know, the more that he sees that you're trying, the less the blame is on you and you still look good. And I yeah. mean, if those girls really are intentionally being catty, it's going to come out. And the hope is that he would see that and uh, either distance himself from the friends or you guys would have a yeah. tough discussion to have. So exactly. Well, hopefully that helped you. <laughs> hopefully that helped. I know. Oh, I- I'm always like, like, after I give advice, I'm like, oh, geez, but I don't know. I don't know. I know. <laughs> don't listen to me. Uh. So. Oh, man. Well, I guess just to kind of wrap up the episode, let's do our traditional juicy peach and peach pit of the week. So let's start with our peach pit. What was yours? Paris. Hands down. Oh, you're like, I don't even need to elaborate. Just Paris. Paris. I think everybody understands, which (laughs) 
If that wasn't your pit, I'm like, God, what else horrible happened to you? That sounds like the worst thing that could. So, oh, so, what was yours? So my pit is actually more so for, for Justin than me, but it was kind of partially my fault. So we um got a couple of new items, like furniture items this weekend. And so we were moving them into like heavy, like heavier duty, like bookcases and um, like China cabinet type um, furniture. So we were moving it into our house by ourselves and which mistake number one use movers to move like heavy ass shit right you're like oh we got this it's good so we've got like four steps from our curb up to our front door and so we have this dolly with this giant bookcase on it right and justin's trying to pull it up the stairs i'm underneath it like trying to push right and like help because it's so heavy and so we get to almost the top step and like it slips so it doesn't fall off the dolly, but like, we're like, oh my God, we, oh, we got to stop. Like Justin's like, like, like I got to let this down. So I stop, like I, st- I'm kind of holding it basically like, so it doesn't fall. And so I back off Justin's arm like slips and he drops it and it, the dolly falls right on his big toe <laughs> with oh, this like no. huge bookcase on it. And he's just like, no. oh my toe, oh God. And so pulls it out. And like, like, yes, I was like, oh my God, I literally thought his toe was broken. We get inside though. Like we finally get the, we had to get our neighbor to come help us like get this inside of our house because I was like, I can't help you. I have no upper, we needed you, Caitlin is what we needed. Oh no. (laughs) You and your upper body strength. Not, not Um, much. Oh, I was going to say, not much I can do about the toe. (laughs) (laughs) Just to like help move the shit in our house. Um, but he takes his shoe and his sock off and his, He's like, oh, yeah, that toenail is going to be a goner. I mean, it's just like black and blue toenail. And I'm like, I'm so sorry I made you drop it. So anyway, my pit was I felt so bad all week. I was like, your poor toe. I'm sorry. So life goals. That's my pit. Um, What is your juicy peach of the week? This is random. But like when I was when I was packing for this trip, I, I really struggled with like trying to figure out like what kind of shoes to wear. Because, like, after your talk about, like, walking around New York City in, like, the most painful boots ever, um, I was like, oh, gosh, I don't I don't really know what to wear. Because it's like, you still want to look cute, right? Because you right. know you're going to take pictures. So it's like, you want it to somewhat go with your outfit. So I picked these, these Corky's boots, which I think it's spelled, like, K-O-R-K slash E-A-Z-E or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, that my mom told me were super comfortable and I got them and they, they sure enough are. So I wore them on Monday and I was just like, you know what? We'll see what happens. If I have to come back to the hotel and change my shoes, I'll do it. But I, I'm tired of wearing these same old tennis shoes I've worn the last three days. I need something new. So I put these boots on and I'm not kidding. I walked probably like out of the 30,000 steps I walked that day, like I probably walked 25,000 of them in these little booties and they rock. Like my feet were That's fine. Awesome. Yeah. So I was really impressed. So I was like, dang, these boots are awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, next season, if you need some comfy boots, it's still uh, look cute. Yes. I <laughs> there will you go. for sure. My, cause my feet hate me. So I would love some comfy, cute shoes. That'd be great. <laughs> um, what was yours? So mine's not really like anything fantastic, but I'm just happy that today is the first day of spring and it's been really oh, beautiful what it's been really beautiful weather the past few days like this past weekend here I know you weren't here but this past weekend here in Dallas was just absolutely wasn't it gorgeous. nasty or something no it was gorgeous was it oh, on okay. Saturday like, rain. Never we, mind. no we were here maybe it rained on Friday I don't know but on I Saturday we were outside a lot it was just 
beautiful, perfect weather. And it's been nice the past couple of days. And today is the first day of spring. And I'm just, I'm ready. I love like wearing fall and winter clothes, but like once it gets into like a little bit warmer weather, like it makes, it makes me very happy. So I'm happy at spring. Oh, and like time, even though it sucks to have like the time change and all that, like it just makes me happy because we're having longer days, which means more sun and it's going to get warmer. I'm with you. I love spring and summer. It's like my favorite time of the year. Yeah. And maybe it's because I just, I, the months of January and February, I just, I don't know. I've just always, they're kind of depressing to me in general. And so I know we've been into March for a while, but just because when January hits, it's like, it's after, you know, all the like highs of the holidays and family time and all the like good food. And then you're like, womp, womp it's over so getting into spring it makes me in a, in a happy mood so um well yeah I guess that's kind of it for this episode um just want to remind everyone um our social media pages we are on twitter and instagram at peachy podcast and as always if you want to call in and leave us voicemails you can reach us at 972-885-9361 and we will see you guys next week bye bye